I don't think I well here's the thing about I think being progressive means being aware of our own failings and flaws a little bit so being aware that it might be a problem I don't just on its face I don't like I mean I'm sure if I saw it where it was working out super successfully I'd be down for it but I don't know why that it, that uh, invokes my natural bias to be like a man shouldn't do that. That a woman can do that, but I, I don't want no man doing that. Well, I think I mean I think it's probably an increasing trend because so many more women are being open about the fact that they don't want kids. You mm-hmm. know, so it's probably like in response to that. And honestly, I don't even know how many people are actually doing this. I've never met one of these men, but. I, I don't think it can be in droves, but I think so that stuff like that will become more common. I mean, I certainly, even in just 10 years of being in New York City, have watched, I think, the way that women approach a lot of things like that. Like, some of the biggest players I know are chicks, and some of, like, the the dudes that want to settle down and just take it easy and have a wife and kid, I, like, there are a lot of dudes like that. Yeah. So, things, times are changing. Yeah. That's for sure. To each their own. Well, and also in our circle, though, it is different because a lot of the women that we're friends with are creatives and want there's are a chasing lot of, their comedy goals and dreams, too, you know, so... Yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty there, but I don't know. You just see also see different attitudes. Like, not everybody... People just see children as an eventuality and something yeah. like... I work in the restaurant industry. Some people just see children as a blessing, and it's just like, why wouldn't you want them in your life? They're great. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, we were, during our pre-planning chat, we were a little bit talking about this, and I definitely think it's societal, like, even having this conversation, and also, it's a form of privilege to be able to choose also, because, you know, there's access to birth control, um, access to abortion if necessary, knock on wood, yeah. seemingly the days for abortions are numbered in this country. <laughs> no, we'll always be able to have abortions, I think. Cause then they really? Won't, yeah, because then they won't get elected. If Republicans really wanted to do away with it, I think they would have. But no, I don't, but they were, and I'm sorry, I, I, I'm I know, I, did, I just, I think I just stumped you. Uh, well, no, I don't think you stumped me. I think <laughs> I want to alert you because, no, I think the grand plan is to literally overturn Roe v. Wade and make it all right for In states Trump's to office? make it illegal. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be able to, he's going to be able to um, appoint another Supreme Court justice. So the guy that I was camping with, Terry. Yes. A judge. Wait, why don't you give us a little background to your wilderness trip? I'm a strange person, and instead of going to the beach, (laughs) uh, I use my 10 of my 14 vacation days a year to go hike in the woods with my father, who is actually retiring next week. He's an attorney. And his buddy, Terry, who is a judge in the Fifth Circuit in Columbus, Ohio, uh, he deals with mostly white collar crime, but he is a judge. He's a cool. good, he's a Terry's a good man. Me and him bump heads occasionally, but we were talking about Roe v. Wade on the drive back, and I was just asking him. I was just like, you you have eight years of Bush, eight years of Reagan, four years of H. W. And this has been on an issue the entire time. It's like why haven't they? just overturned Roe v. Wade. It seems like you could have done it in that amount of time. 
And he was just like, yeah, single issue voters. There are people like, like my cousins. It's the only thing they care about. Abortion rights? That's it. Or they're pro-life? Pro-life. And that's all they care about. They, they hate, like historically, hate people from the East Coast. Like we're Indians fans. We hate George Steinbrenner. <laughs> Any fucking like East Coast big shot idiot loudmouth does not jive with their sensibilities. But if he's pro-life... Vote him in. I mean, it's exactly what all the other Republicans are doing right now. I think that they like to keep the saga going, make it seem like they're doing it. But then it's just like you overturn Roe v. Wade, then you're. It's just creating a whole host of problems that they won't know what to deal with. Well, right, going back. And rich dudes don't care about people's lives. They don't care. Certainly not unborn babies. I don't think Paul Ryan gives a shit. Well, I mean, of course not. And, I mean, Trump is. Has funded how many abortions? <laughs> <laughs> he was pro-choice until he ran for president. I know. So I just I think I'm more afraid. We have to be vigilant, and you yes. have to watch out on that front. And obviously, my attitude is like too blasé, but I just feel like it's one of those things. That it's a soap opera, and I feel like they dangle that out there in front of us. Yeah, I don't know. But it I should mean, be easier, and it should be more accepted, and it should be. Just something that people really consider in this country, man. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, it's a very, it's still weird. It's still like, look, Greg Fitzsimmons has a joke where he's like, who here is pro-choice? And then everybody goes, woo! And then he goes, who here has had an abortion? And nobody (laughs) says anything. And it's just like, we're cheer for our rights, but then we're all kind of afraid to talk about it. We should probably talk about it. Yeah. Well, I think it is, I have never had an abortion. I've never even had a pregnancy scare, like, which is great. (laughs) Great for me. (laughs) Um. But I, I wonder, though, if I would be brave enough myself to talk, if I did have an abortion, if I would be brave enough to talk about it. I mean, I would hope that I could be. I'm typically a pretty open and honest person, but I do have friends who are super open and honest, and it is just something that they can't really talk about because it's so Because I think there's so a can polarizing. of worms, yeah. Well, and for women, first of all, you have to go through the actual procedure, which for some is a, a lot more different. Yeah, I have had friends where it's just kind of been overdone, no big deal. Um, but they still don't want to talk about it either because you never know who's safe to talk about it with. And there's such crazy... I'm trying not to say the word crazy anymore. There's such... Um, now I want to say nut job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on my vocabulary. What was the word I was going to say instead of crazy? I was thinking about this the other day. Because I say it all the time and I'm trying not to say it anymore. Anyway, they're just such... Um, you. It's just such a hot topic on the anti-choicer side and they because they really believe that they're like saving babies from being thrown into fire pits i mean it's a super compelling narrative and you just yeah of course nobody wants to think about dead babies yeah but if you really think if you know it's like usually just some foamy mush you know it's not a thing yet and um so i think that's why people get so irrational and like wrapped up in it and that's why when you're in a public place, like, watching a comedy show, you're not going to be like, I've had five abortions. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, it's, a, it's an audience trick for yeah. sure. But it's also just, like, I think it makes a grander point that it's just, like, I don't know. It's hard to talk about. But I think that, like, with any tra- challenging or awful experience, 
um, the more you're around people that talk about it and it's right. acceptable to talk about, things kind of yeah work themselves out. I mean, it's like when you really talk about abortion seriously, if you can get past it with like a pro-lifer where it's just like it's murder, it's murder, it's murder, it's just yeah. like, no, it's an unwanted baby. And unwanted children coming into this world not having, uh, you know, the somebody that wants them, that's yeah. a problem. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, like, that's... That's kind of what this whole podcast... Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> Do you really want like, If you have a baby, you got to want it. Can, yeah, and considering, you know, and also that it's okay to not want that, you know, but I think some people just do it because there's so much fear-mongering on the other side of it where it's like, you're going to you're gonna have regrets, you know? Like, you're going to wish that you had done this, and then it's going to be too late for you. What, you know, I mean, I think, what is too late nowadays to have kids? Who knows? I know, you know? a comic who's having her, she had her first at 41 and is having her second at 43. Yeah. Both healthy, great prey. I mean, the stuff that they're able to do now, it's like women are able to have babies longer than ever so you can really yeah. go out and chase some career goals right all the way into your late 30s and then if you're able to make a point where you have a certain amount of money yeah to really take care of yourself and to go to a doctor you're probably gonna need like i don't know maybe you won't need a little bit of help along there but i don't know i feel like you can why rush to a decision why right. say that anything is anything because just life is long and weird and strange now, do you ever, do you ever get worried, like, the older that you get, that you'll wish, if you do have kids, that you'll wish that you had them when you were younger? Or do you just think, like, because sometimes I think as... It's just a different timeline for dudes, though. Like, well, that's what I, you know, I would think, like, well, guys, you could end up 45 dating a 25-year-old and happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially... Any male performer, I'm always like shocked at how many women are just clamoring to be around you. Um, yeah, that that definitely puts things in perspective. Uh, I, I I I used to be more like rushed to get to certain places and do certain things, and now I just kind of let go and let God and do what I want to do. It feels very good. Sometimes it's like a little self-absorbed. But I don't think having a kid would be would be a good way to remedy be being self absorbed. Yeah. Like that's not a reason to have a child. Yeah, it's like volunteer somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I can go to the YMCA. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, and I think that uh, I know for me, I, I definitely feel kind of self absorbed sometimes too. But then I also think like doing anything, even like this, like not to toot my own horn, but it is a pretty big deal for me to do this because it takes time and energy and you have to put yourself out there and you the have to feel like... Booking people is hard. Yeah, and yeah, it, yes, I... Coordinating I, everything yes, is hard. Yeah. Yes, um, and also making sure that you're doing something worthwhile and not getting in your head that it's stupid or, you know, pointless or whatever. Um but so so I'm trying what I'm saying is and I've talked a lot about my admiration for comedians and you know being in the community in a certain way because I think you guys actually do a lot as far as community is concerned and putting things out there and so I think even though it does feel selfless sometimes to be like chasing this goal that can seem you know and 
you have to be so self-promotional all the time, but I actually think it's much more enriching for more people than you're aware. Yeah, no, it's like, yeah, I agree with that. We were talking about posting on Instagram, the biggest likes you're ever going to get are selfies of you. Yeah. And if you feel strange about doing that, which I think that like a normal, healthy person feels a little bit, like if they look at their Instagram page and it's all pictures of their face, if you're not like a little bit disturbed by that, like I don't get it, but my biggest likes are always me and Lane. Yeah, like I get hundreds of because likes. that's what people want to see. That's like what yeah. your mom wants to like. Yeah, your, when your mom is sitting there at home, she's just like, I just want to see nice pictures of my, my mom daughter. Likes anything and like, I <laughs> but that same attitude where you're always like, as a kid, you'd be like, wouldn't it be nice to have some nice pictures yeah. of you? And you're like, Nah, dude, I don't give a shit. But the older like, I get, the more I'm trying to just be like. I'm allowed to post as many pictures of myself as I want. Like, every there's like I think it's kind of like a stereotype, and there is a fine line, of course, when you go on anyone's pages and it's just like, there's wow. people. We all know who the abusers are. I don't think like, it's not that much of a fine line. Yeah. You can tell the, the dead-eyed people who every single thing on their page. Like, they live for Instagram likes. You know who you are. We don't have to call yeah. you out. Um, but I'm try- I think, like, embracing happiness about our lives. And, you know, who knows what's actually being posted or whatever. But I think it's okay if I'm posting just as many photos of myself as somebody else's of their children. You know? I think it's all right. Yeah. And I love seeing your pics with your children. That's fine. But I don't think any of us are more or less selfless. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, it's weird. It's also weird when people, like, lose their whole own... Their their online personality just become pictures of their kid now. Yeah. Which is weird. And it's... I think you see yeah. some comedians struggle with that when they have a kid. It's like, how much energy do I put towards a self-promotional thing? Yeah. And how much can I just, like, you know, be a person? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a lot to think about, for sure. So, okay, so you went, you just got back from this trip with your dad and Terry. I, and I actually want, I have the most amazing story ever. Okay. That kind of applies to this podcast, but it takes like five minutes. That's all right. We got the time. Do you want to do it? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> this guy's applies to something that we were talking about earlier. Like okay. Uh, abortion stuff. Okay, yeah. Uh, yep, there's no abortion in this story. We're enthusiastically pro-choice. It's we are a pro-choice podcast. Yes, so please. Um, okay. So, when I moved to New York City, I was dating a girl. And she was cool. We were cool. We were in love. Whatever you was great. from Ohio? I moved from Ohio. She was living in Pennsylvania. We were college boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay. But she was also very type A. So... She was making all of these arrangements, and she would pretend like I had say in things, but I didn't have say in anything. And then she finally was just like, I want you to handle the moving truck. And I was just like, she was like, I want to go U-Haul. And I was like, I got it. I'm on it. Mm-hmm. I'm your man. I can do it. This all sounds super mundane. This is all very critically <laughs> important. Okay. okay? This is so important. You need to pay attention. <laughs> so she wants to go U-Haul. Anyway, I do some searching. I find we can get a budget truck for like 300 bucks cheaper. Yeah. I was proud of myself. I booked it. I booked it at a place 45 minutes from her house. And the plan was me and my dad were going to drive down from Ohio, stop at this place. I was going to get on the truck. I was going to drive it to her house. And we're going to get the rest of our stuff. And we're going to go to New York City forever. Yeah. That's where we were moving after college. So right after I book it, I 
send her a confirmation on the email. Again, this is all super important. And she calls me and she's just like, cancel it. I want to book it on my Amex as a tax deduction, right? So she rebooks it. She books it at a place 15 minutes closer to her house. And now instead of me picking it up, she's going a day earlier with my friend Meg to pick up this truck, right? Okay. So they get to budget rent a car. Outside, there's two older people, right? And they have a cute little dog. And they go up to her as she pets the dog. Cute dog. Goes in the office, it's this lady, Tammy, right? And Tammy's gonna go and show them the U-Haul truck, right? Shows and shows them all the scratches, stuff they're responsible for. And Tammy goes, oh, so you're taking this to New York. And my girlfriend at the time goes, yeah, I'm a little nervous about driving this in the big city. And then Tammy goes, don't worry, you have good blood. It's a strange thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, a, it's a outside of Pittsburgh, it's Yinzer country, it's Appalachia. Maybe she's like some sort of white power lady, or maybe she's just a strange lady that says strange shit. Yeah. You know, whatever. Then they go inside, and they go into the office. And they start filling out the insurance, paying for it, all this stuff. And it starts to get really weird. And you have to, so there's Tammy, a desk, my girlfriend at the time, and our friend Meg sitting behind her, who is watching all this, like looking at her phone, and then has to hear all this wild shit go down. Tammy, while Steph is signing the paperwork, my girlfriend, Steph, uh, is signing everything, goes, I just want you to know, I've been thinking about you every day for the last 22 years. I hope you have the locket that I gave you. I hope you have all the Christmas cards that I sent you. And then Meg, seeing this, goes, do you know this lady? And my girlfriend at the time goes, I think so. Shakes her hand, runs out, gets in the uh, truck, and starts having a full mental breakdown, crying. Oh my God. Now she knew she was adopted, but that was her birth mom. Uh, Tammy was her birth mom who, dude, think about all the coincidences here. So I book, I book the truck. I book it for 45 minutes away. She rebooks it, does it. So she's going to get it 15 minutes away from her house on the last day that she's conceivably ever going to live in Pittsburgh. This happens. Her birth mom sees it. It's just like, holy shit. Those old people outside with the dog were her biological grandparents who hadn't seen her since she was one years old. And what had happened there was she was, Tammy was 15 when she had my ex-girlfriend and she was given up for adoption before the birth. Uh Then Pennsylvania has a really fucked up law, which for any reason, the birth mother can take back the child up to six months after giving it away. Mm -hmm. So did that, took her back, back, got caught by a neighbor covering her cough and cry. And like suffocating her a little bit. CPS got called, given back to her adopted parents. Her adopted mother was German, flew her to Germany until the whole thing washed over, made her a German citizen, so she has dual citizenship. And she never saw her birth mom ever again. Oh my God. Her birth mom would try and contact her at high school, it would show up, they would have to get cops to come. Tammy would show up. Yeah. And so we're sitting there, she calls me and has a breakdown crying. And I was just like, dude, I don't really believe in any sort of God, but I believe 
that this uh, is such a miraculous set of circumstances that something was going on here. Yeah. And you should try and maybe contact this lady. Yeah. That's not, I mean, if you want to know my opinion, because that's insane. Yeah. She never did. She never contacted her. Nope. I mean, that's a lot. It is a lot. At a budget. <laughs> that's a lot at a budget. <laughs> but, wow, that's wild. I mean, that's great of her to have given her away, but sad that she was, you know, it was so dramatic because she was also so young. Well, she didn't know how to take care yeah. of her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I don't know. It was just, I, it's the crazy story. It makes me, that's what I think about when I think about unwanted pregnancies and having been with somebody that was the product of one. Yeah. And just like really a confused kid. Because yeah. to make the decision that she's definitely going up for adoption and then to pull back on that yeah. is like, it just goes to show that, you know, and I think the the model that movies has given us is that adopted children are just naturally going to want to seek out their parents. Yeah. But the pains of being unwanted, I would say, affect you the rest of your life in a major, major way. Yeah. And not to say that you can't be a successful part of society, but there is like some pain that like nobody can touch. Well, it's just such a, an ultra complicated arrangement. Like, I think sometimes people think like, oh, adoption, like if you can't have your own kids or something, just do it. And I actually have a lot of kids or friends who have adopted children, um, both internationally and domestically, both open and closed options. And they're all going to say it's really hard. <laughs> Not And no model is, like, the one to go by, you know? And so I think, like, it's because I think people want to be like, oh, if you can't have your own kids, there's plenty of children in the world. Just adopt, you know? And sometimes I even think that. But then you, you, it's about relationships and having a child. It's a person. It's a full person when it comes into the world, you know? And... It, it's just a lot. It's not ever just straightforward. No, and I, I just think that, you know, I, adoption is a blessing. And people, yeah. Some of the best people I've ever met in my entire life adopt children. I don't just want to shit on adoption ever. And there's certainly, like, a lot of situations in which a kid is given up for adoption simply because the situation that in the, the home where they are, like, inter, a lot of international drops is, is so yeah. bad that the mother is actually doing a blessing by being like... Yeah, the, you know, taking... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, let's get this kid out of here. But at the same time... Well, I think what kind of... I think... I think the interesting thing that I'm thinking of when having this conversation is it's always like, oh, adoption is just this, like, oh, like, wonderful thing. And abortion is... So awful because we all we often you know I mean look at the teen teen mom generation like praising these young girls for carrying carrying the baby, the baby. and you know and that's something I thought about a lot in high school too because um, there I knew some girls that had abortions that people were aware of and it certainly was not very easy for any of the women that I knew who became mothers in high school that was obviously a challenge too and yeah. in the late 90s it was very taboo still um but the girls who had the abortions were like sluts and evil and it was just like they're kids we were all fucking know. kids you know and like so i do think it needs to just be like we need to have better um 
maybe through uh, uh, pop culture, different scenarios, because there aren't that many abortion stories that get told. You know, like there aren't like there are plenty of TV shows like where oh like out. where was the best decision to get the abortion? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, all that of would those, be... all of the movies that you see, it's just like I could have gotten the abortion. Yeah, but, but I, I did. didn't. You know, it's such a common thing in rap lyrics where they'd be like, "Thanks for not getting that abortion, ma." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we've got millions, and it's like, yeah. No, I can't. I I was I was with somebody and we had an abortion. I think it was definitely the best decision. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was gonna ask you. Yeah. How old were you? Twenty six. And it was somebody that I wasn't very serious about seeing, and yeah. uh, we were drunk one night and didn't put on a condom, and I she was more into the relationship than I was, and I think that it would have just been really really bad. But I remember that night. She was sick, like, earlier in that week, during the morning, and then we, she was like, I don't know, I think we should get a pregnancy test. We got three, they were positive on all three, and then we just sat on her bed for, like, 25 minutes, didn't talk to each other, Yeah. and I was just like, listen, I will do whatever you want to do. I was like, it's not really up to me, I'm not even going to factor in on what you decide just know that i support you and this is whatever we come out of here decided with it's gonna be hard either way yeah and i was like waited 20 minutes just i still remember it so vividly like staring at the ground staring at her bedroom floor and we both weren't touching each other but we're just sitting next to each other like this and then after 20 minutes she is just like i don't think we're ready and in my mind i was just like Thank yeah. fucking God. Yeah. Because I knew in my heart of hearts that that relationship wasn't going to work out. I was 26. I was just looking for, like, a rebound. Yeah. But it definitely yeah. made me, like, I'm Mr. Condom now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's the crazy thing. For the first four years, Lane and I were together, we didn't use any protection. I mean, he would pull out and everyone would, like shame me for being like he's good at it <laughs> and i but i've never had a scare at all you know i don't know what that says no, or, i mean you know, if i am with a girlfriend for a while that's how it'll be but yeah well, i also I think that out. see that's incredible so uh i have a cousin who had a baby at 40 because she had her iud it was seven years then yeah. when they took it out the old one out and put in the new one there's a two-week layover. Oh, my gosh. That shit is affected. Oh, Her whole body at 40 was able to restore and become healthy enough to fertilize yeah. an oh. egg in two weeks. See, that's what scares me because my plan is I've got three years left on mine, and I will be 37 almost. And... My plan was just to go back to not having anything because even despite what people tell you, I definitely think my IUD has made me chunky. So, and everyone promised me it wouldn't. <laughs> Why? But I don't, th- I didn't know that. Is it pumping you full of hormones? It's not. I do have the hormonal one, but it's localized. I mean, it's also probably just because I drink too much. <laughs> 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 I'm like, Rip this idea out of me so I can go back to my regular life. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's probably other factors. 
characters um, at play, but... I don't think that you've gotten chunky. Well, thank I mean, it's just, it's slight. It's, but thank you. I mean, if it may, it's just um, how you feel, like, if you feel bad, I think you should always be searching for things. Well, it definitely, I can tell, it does affect how I physically feel because, so you, the hormonal one definitely gets rid of your period except not all the way and then you get really bad cramping and bloating and so that's it is that's it's a different trade-off you know but anyway my plan is to just get it removed and then not have anything but I don't, maybe it just extends your reproductive life if you put it on pause it's like cryogenically freezing everything oh in place i don't Ugh. know i just i also th- i just think that it's different times i think if you like live if you have here's the thing i think you can have children later now because women aren't having children earlier so they're not putting their body under that stress in their 20s and their 30s and they're kind of keeping like because it just takes so much out of you that if you don't have i still think that you would pop right back at 37 your body would be like all right let's do this yeah probably because that's just the struggle for life to keep bouncing on i know yeah, also, kind of, we might be the first generation to live to like 200, 300, 400, 500. <laughs> Real shit. We're not going to live to Yes, we are. 500? We could, they could cure death in our lifetime. Oh my, I don't want to live. Forever? Forever. Do what you want your good? kid to? My kid? Yeah, your kid might be able to live forever. See, here's, well, let's talk about that. What is, what is even 50 years from now? When nobody knows. We'll, we'll probably reach this point where man and machine become one. And then machines go into our bodies and fix us and give us superpowers and stuff. But then machines start taking over our bodies and our brains and it'll be indistinguishable what's man and what's machine. Shit is going to pop the so fuck off. So then it doesn't thing. matter if it's a plastic hellscape outside because... Well, I mean, here's the thing. Well, what this is the animals? The machines... Yeah. The machines will decide what... The teenies to be machines. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be tight if you gave the teenies jetpacks, you know? Yeah, Lane would love it if he forever. He was obsessed. I oh, mean, yeah. I think it's possible. I think... I don't know. The future... That's another reason. That's an anxiety for... That's a legit anxiety for me with the thought of having kids is I think that the future in my estimation, is very, very uncertain. Yeah. Globally, big time. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, man. That's Janine Garofalo's thing. She thought about having kids, and then she, at the time where it would have been best for her when her movie career was kind of winding mm-hmm. down, she was getting into Air America. She just was super into politics, and she was just like, I don't want to bring a child into this world. Yeah, I mean, I think that definitely, you know, people always say, like, oh, politics, it's just it's just politics or whatever, and not, don't take too seriously, but that's how we form our society. Like, the laws structure how we live our lives, regardless of if you want to stick your head in the sand and pretend you're not a flaming racist bigot, you know, because you're bad. Not you, but no, <laughs> people who think that. I just, it boggles my mind. And our politics is so warped. Yeah. Like, Richard Nixon would be progressive by Republican standards today. I mean, he wanted to found the EPA. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, asterisks. He was also a he's also greedy, horrible, racist. yes. And he hit his wife. That yeah, but there's that mean a lot of piece of shit Democrats out there today too. I sure. Mean, oh yeah, Democrat, Republican. It's not really... money and special interests just dominate everything, and it's like. I don't know, man. It feels really scary. It doesn't feel like anybody in our government stands for anything or believes yeah. in anything. And if they do, it's the wrong thing. Um, well, see, this is where my friends, because you you said that you don't believe in God, which I don't either. This is where I said I, I said I don't know if I believe. I'm oh, I don't. Sorry. I am. I am from the Church of Uncertainty. Okay. Uh, well, you're not. You don't go to church, though. You're not actively. No, not I used to. You're I used not to actively. Be um, that's where my friends would say that's why they have their faith because that's what they base their foundation on. I have faith. So you do have faith. Just not in, uh, that's why I have prayer hands because I believe in. He has I, a tattoo of prayer hands. I have a tattoo of prayer hands. I believe that things are going to work out ultimately. Okay. Well, okay. But I'm still there. I've worked out for me, but I don't know about for these imagined babies. <laughs> well, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder if people like us who are much more anxious and overwhelmed by the state of the political landscape and what the future will be, if maybe that's why we're holding off more than other people. Because in our pre-pod talk, you were also saying that we need to have an army of um, <laughs> sensitive, smart, uh, considerate babies well, to battle. I mean, this is the whole plot of Idiocracy, the great Mike Judge movie. Which I haven't is, watched it. So the whole premise, the, the French start, and you need to watch yeah, it okay. if you're going to have this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> because it, the whole premise is smart people sit around developing their careers, wait till they set up a nest egg, wait until they get a college fund to and they just const they only have one baby that they mm-hmm. really loved and considered and thought of. And then all the stupid people are just fucking all day long <laughs> and just shitting out babies. They can give a fuck. Um, and if we don't have uh, smart babies from loving homes, then how are we ever gonna have people that believe in stuff and that you know, want to make the world a better place. If everybody's just yeah. from a broken home, we're just a broken society. Am well, I st- my, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that there will be some other place that rises up and takes ownership Canada. over. Not Canada, not any <laughs> of the colonized country or the white leading countries. I'm talking about like. Places in like Africa and India um, who have been marginalized by the policies of our Western cultures. Um, and maybe, I mean, this is all, this is, you know, talking about being smart people, this is all very dumb what's coming out of my mouth, right? I love it. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, because, yeah, this, I mean, the truth is, like, at the start of genocides and stuff like that, it's all the intellectuals that get killed first. Yeah. Because they're, they're sitting around being considerate of, you know, I mean, thinking too damn much. Yeah, like all of that. It's just, it's a lot. I don't know. But I mean, I, you know, there is something to like not thinking so much about it. Yeah. There are people that just love to have raw sex and they, the consequences <laughs> be damned. You know? Like they can just spill in life all over yeah. the place and it's like. 
I don't know. There's a certain dignity to that kind of life, and I kind of respect it. Yeah, but then... There's no dignity to being a deadbeat dad right, who's not there yeah. for kids. Yeah. But That's, uh... Somebody is just like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you just hope there's a balance, for sure, with... Hopefully... I do think that there are still people who are progressive having children. It's just... I, don't know. I just don't think it's the same drill. I mean, granted, I was on this hike in backwoods, Tennessee, man, and you just see uh, we are outnumbered. Well, but I will say, though, the birth rate in the demographic where it's increasing, because the birth rate is down overall in the U.S., and that includes um, teens, women in their 20s, women in their 30s. Sure, teen, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's, that's a teen pregnancies like, is probably pretty good. Yeah, um... But it's increasing, the birth rate has gone up in women in their 40s, so 40 to 49, which if we're talking about putting your career, you know, maybe I'll have a kid in my 40s. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want anyone to just get any hopes. It's possible. If you don't smoke cigarettes and you take care of yourself, which I think you do, you can do it. Yeah, but I don't want to do it. Why do you want to close the door? Why does anybody want to close the door about anything that makes you feel better? You might change. Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. But, like, don't, sure. you don't no, want to right say, now. Well, I don't want to right now, but I the reason why I feel like I have to be forceful about it is because, and this is probably a difference between you as a man and my experience as a woman, because people don't want to believe what women say about themselves. So even if even if I leave that door open for myself in my own mind, if I say I don't want to have kids, people come back on me very hard about that. And that's the whole point of this podcast. And it, it's true of other women too. So it's it's like you have In the same to, way that I just came down hard well, on hard. Yeah, no, 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 no. A little different than that. A little different than that. Um no, wanting me to have them like now, and because they're not the people who are thinking I could. It's possible to have them later on in life. It's like, no, I want, I want these kids in our world now. Like you and Lane are so great, just have these kids, and it's like not in, you know, as far as right in the here and now, it's not within the rationale of our resources or our goals or what will make us happy. Um, so, but of course, of course, that you never say never. It can always things can always change. Um, I kind of think that everything got bumped back 10 years in terms of educated, um, like like career-driven society. I feel like it's going to be so much more common where it used to be that everybody kind of figured out their shit in their 20s. Now everybody takes yeah. 20s through 30s to figure out their shit. And then late 30s, early 40s, you pop out like one, maybe two. And then you raise them and you're going to live until like 500. So who gives a fucking shit anyway? Well, that's true. I definitely think that um, having kids later in life extends your will to keep living and doing stuff, you know. And we're all going to be probably working into our 70s and 80s anyway, so... We're going to be working into our 350s, 60s. And then retirement is 140 years. Okay, well, we should probably get this wrapped up because we could probably keep chatting for a while. To circle back around... I'm going to pressure you to get a little more afraid that Roe v. Wade will be overturned. Okay. And and I want to say this as my first man guest, because we really need men who are uh, supportive of choice to speak with us, because it's mostly women-led activism in that regard. 
And it's not a woman-only issue, you know? Like, men benefit from abortions as well. I have tried to, to uh, speak my mind in women's issues before, and it's a very... You really need to be on firm ground, and you need to have people, like, by your side, other women helping and supporting yeah. you. Yeah. Because I found that whenever you get, like, inject your opinion into... It's, this should be both of our issues, but this is definitely predominantly women-led and kind of... Well, I'm not saying become a leader. <laughs> I'm saying... Thank God. I, what I'm yeah, saying, I'll, I'll fucking need... stand somewhere and I'll, like, chat and I'll speak my truth. Yeah, because your truth is, is you've experienced the benefit of living in a pro-choice culture. For sure. So that's what you can speak to. I'm not saying start your own man club that you tell us how to better organize <laughs> the man abortion clubs. Um, <laughs> nobody wants that but we do need pro-choice men to support us by you know supporting these organ like supporting Planned Parenthood telling other people to support Planned Parenthood things like that yeah that's where you can be an advocate and an ally as opposed and I don't think most women will get feisty about that but if you start telling them <laughs> i don't tell anybody shit dude it's not my thing i'm really i'm more of a listener yes well sort of <laughs> I, i'm a listener no, it's good. i'm it's assertive good. In, in uh other aspects but i have two older sisters i learned to not speak up too much you know what i'm saying oh well that's one question then are you do you, your siblings have kids uh, no, and as far as I know, they aren't uh, going to. I don't think they're able to. Oh, yeah. Um, my cool. middle sister has, she's not married to a dude, but she's been with him for five years, and he came with two daughters oh, cool. from a previous marriage. I met them when they were eight and ten, and now they are 12 and 14. Cool. Um, but it's not the same as being like an uncle. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, so it's like, we're cool. And, like, they came and visited, and they're fun, but it's just, uh, it's, like, cool family friend, not yeah. uncle. It's different. Yeah. I don't have, like, that type of stake in their yeah. lives, and I never, like, watched them as kids. Yeah, it is different. But, like, I think that my sister, she's a teacher, and she, uh, I don't know. I don't know if when it corresponded, but I think that she knew that she wanted to have kids, and that was something you know, that she couldn't do, and then she met Joe, and now it's it's worked out for her. And then my oldest sister would like to have kids. I think she, at one point, she was going to try, but her, she's on a, she's a public defender in Chicago, and she works like 80 hours yeah. a week, and I don't know. She would have to get to a place, I don't know if her life is ever going to chill out enough for her to take time off. That's a big job. It's a big job, and it's not much money, and it's a lot yeah. of work. And yeah. she's not doing it like everybody else to try and just hop on into politics yeah. or anything. She's doing it because she loves it. So in that way, I think her career is kind of like her baby where it's like she loves everything that she does. Yeah. And I think in that way, that's the type of career that it's good that somebody would consider It's all-consuming. Yeah. And there's yeah, enough well, anxiety with clients and all of yeah. that stuff that it kind of fills the same anxiety that a kid would take up. Yeah. And her clients need her compassion and her support and her guidance you know like because where else are they going to get that yeah 
I think that, you know, I think that's a, a big thing. My mom was a social worker and she dealt with old people because she used to do kids earlier in her mm-hmm. career um, and work as more of a guidance school, guidance counselor mm-hmm. capacity. But then I think once she had her own kids, she was like, well, I'm not going to have all of these kids to worry yeah. about. I'm going to go deal with the old people. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. That's cool. You have a cool family tree. I got trees, man. Um, I love, I'm pro-choice. I love kids. I think, <laughs> I think that nobody should, I think that if you have to fucking make declarations for yourself, like I, okay, I make a declaration. I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. That's not something that I do. <laughs> And that door is closed for me. And that's Proud an affirmation by saying that that's something that I don't do. <laughs> and if that's something you decide about kids, I will not say I would be like, I respect that choice. And I'm sure you've thought it through on your own. <laughs> now, after you told me, <laughs> I will. <laughs> now, after you told me that. <laughs> but I also hate... Listen, yeah, you just, you I just hate when people shut doors on their life. Yeah. Keep them doors just a little, little bit cracked. Leave a crack for an opportunity. Don't tell me that you don't want an opportunity, bro. Yeah. You never know. The, the worst, I've had, I've had tough times. And then something that I least expected changed my whole life around. And it made me a happy boy for a period of time. And all you got in this life is experiences and the opportunity to chase happiness. Go get it. Well said. Well said. Well, Will, thank you thank for you. joining the pod, listening to our dinosaurs intro. That was a great intro. Um, do you have anything upcoming? Uh, no, just listen to the Good, the Dad, and the Ugly podcast on iTunes. Uh, we only interview female guests. We're three male comedians trying to understand women and come to... <laughs> Some sort of understanding. It's very not NSFW, so, uh, and it's kind of graphic sometimes, but I think it's really funny. It's good. I, as I said, I've been lucky enough to be on. Many of my friends have been on. I think some learning is occurring for all. I've, I've learned. learned I've learned. <laughs> I've learned a lot about how crazy Patrick is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, well, and you're going to do a live. We're going to do a live show uh, sometime in August. i got to find the exact date. We'll follow along, and then you'll know the exact timing. Um, for my listeners, thank you so much. Um, if you have anything to contribute, email us at notthemamapod at gmail.com. And, of course, find us on social media at notthemamapod on all <laughs> platforms. Um, if there's any topics that you want discussed, please, please, please let me know. I've had a lot of um, feedback already, and it's been really, for the most part, good. <laughs> One bad review already. <laughs> um, Yo, if you listen to free podcasts and you write bad reviews, you're an asshole. You need to get a life. It's free. It's yeah. free. Flip something else on. Just rate five stars. People are trying to do something. Go do something. Well, to be honest, that was kind of a really funny burn. But anyway. <laughs> Yeah, the fact that somebody that I, you yeah, yeah, I, I, allow that you. type of garbage, yeah. And I looked at your history, and you just do go raiding other people's free pods, so that's weird. Um, but anyway, you're a loser. Um, that being said, other people, please subscribe and rate me positively. Thank you.